You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. Get all your NFL news, picks, and more from former NFL scout Matt Williamson and Locked On 49ers host Brian Peacock. Don't hold that against him. Brian's actually a great guy. Been on the show many times. Check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We are doing a mailbag today, and in this case, it is a Twitter mailbag. I I sent the bat signal out on Twitter, and uh, you guys delivered absolutely awesome questions that I'm really excited to dig into. So let's waste no time and dive right in. This one from jmax 73 Is KJ Wright a good fit for this defense, and more importantly, how likely is it to happen? Let's start with the second one first. It is is not 0%. So I think that is often the default response to any question about a free agent is 0%. I do think the Packers are going to wait and see first. They're going to see, okay, we have these guys in-house. We know a little bit about them. Chris Barnes, Ty Summers, Kamel Martin, Oren Burks is back in the inside linebacker room. If they don't like that, if it doesn't look good in mandatory minicamp, and they go through, you know, I think they're going to sort of return the roster here as they as they go into training camp. You know, they, they essentially have all of June and into July to make some more decisions about how they want to treat this roster. I, I think K.J. Wright, even though he's been an outside linebacker most of his career, uh, he can play inside because... What his responsibilities are going to be are somewhat similar to what he was asked to do in Seattle in terms of the zone spot drops and playing in the passing game. And he can still do that stuff. You know, I'm surprised he hasn't found a home already. My guess is he's being very judicious about where he's going to play the scheme fit and the amount of money because he doesn't have to just play anywhere. He wants to go to the optimal situation for him. And that could mean the combination, you know, the best combination, the highest total utility of money plus team. Maybe he wants the most money. Maybe he wants the best team situation. We don't really know. Uh, but he deserves to get paid. And and Seattle, I think, is still open to bringing him back. And so, you know, it, it seems like he's keeping his options open. But the Packers have shown interest in some linebackers. Brian Goodikins talked about that. And uh, it's certainly not a position that I think we should at all feel is settled is KJ Wright, you know, the perfect fit? No, probably not. Um, but I, I think that that is something that, that we just should keep an eye on. Keep an eye on. Veteran linebackers, I think, is definitely a place to keep an eye on. Um, this is from Mountain Badger. Love this question. Uh, what Packers reporter has the best football skills? Hmm. This is a, this is a tough one because I think it takes reporter and we have to expand it because, you know, if we're talking about, you know, true reporters, there's only, you know, like six or eight guys um, that we can really include here. 
um girls too i don't mean to i don't mean to disparage we're talking about beat writers but if we want to expand it to tv people to um radio personalities to anyone that covers the team you know here's the thing um if we're excluding athletes so like Leroy butler can't count because he, he played right um my guess my guess is it's Bailey Burmaster who is uh you know going to Cleveland unfortunately for us but she played D1 soccer so just in terms of like pure athleticism she's probably the answer I, I, that's that, my guess is you, you, that is not what you thought but I, I bet I bet it's her and I'll just say this okay I'll just say this I'll put my skills up against anyone any day that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying um all right this is from this is from Trev's team apes seven. I don't know if I'm saying that right. What's the touch split between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones? So what I think is interesting is I, I, I think we could see a snap differential that is much closer than what um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams did last year. I think they're going to be on the field together a bunch. And that's something that, you know, it may not result in them having a similar amount of touches, but, you know, Justice Muscada, who who joined the Acme Packing Company crew, um, you know, earlier this offseason, we were talking about this in Slack. Maybe Aaron Jones does a little bit more of that live motion stuff before the snap. Not Jet necessarily, but some of that split gun stuff where A.J. Dillon and, and Jones are in the backfield together. You send Jones, um, you know, out and, and you can run that RPO look where you either give to A.J. Dillon or throw the, the swing screen to, to Aaron Jones. I think AJ Dillon's going to get a lot of touches. Like he's going to get a lot of touches, and and I wouldn't be surprised if there are four, five, six games this year where Jones gets more carries than Aaron Jones, where Dylan gets more carries than Aaron Jones. In terms of the 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 break you down, beat you up running back, you want that to be AJ Dillon because you want Aaron Jones in the playoffs ready to go. You want him in the form that we saw against LA in the playoffs where, you know, he takes the first drive of the second possession where he takes the first possession in the second half and stomps the life out of the Rams with a, a chunk run. And it's like, okay, the Packers have retaken control of this game. And from there it was game over. I think you're going to see Dylan grind. I, there's there, it's going to be some, some garbage touches. You know, this, if we assume Aaron Rodgers is playing and they win a lot of these games, you're going to see AJ Dillon in the fourth quarter get six, eight, ten touches just just off that. So I think it's going to be closer than Jones and Williams was, if for no other reason than I think Dillon um, is a better is a better pure runner than Jamal Williams is. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on. So this is from Edward Ryan Merlo, Emerlo four on Twitter. Um, has the team improved the interior of the defense this season? So in terms of actually adding guys that make the defense better i i don't know that they have drastically changed where the team is there um but i think they can be better because i think you know you can say okay chris barnes can take a step forward from his rookie season um camille martin could take a step forward from uh his rookie season you're going to get, I think, a better version of Kenny Clark. Kingsley Kiki with a full season of being the starter, being the guy. And then I really like what TJ Slayton brings. And he was someone who jumped out in, in rookie camp. 
He's a big body who can create penetration. So from that standpoint, I think that makes them better up the middle. And then, you know, this is a team that's going to play a lot of quarters, a lot of cover two. We're going to see a lot of Adrian Amos in the middle of the field as well when they spin those safeties down. And so the Packers were actually pretty good in the middle of the field. I assume this question, um, the interior of the defense, they were talking about front seven. I think one of the reasons why the interior wasn't as good this year was Kenny Clark. He just he was not healthy and then and then just never never quite got rolling the way that he did last year when he was absolutely dominant. And so that's just that's just I I, I think by being healthy, if Kingsley Kiki can stay healthy, uh, then then that gives you a better rotation. Dean Lowry on the field, you have Slayton. I think that just that just sets them up to be better. And then and then again, those rookie linebackers, I think there's there's a lot of potential there. Kamel Martin was the best linebacker in camp and is not even running with the ones right now in OTAs because they like Ty Summers and they're giving him a chance. I think that's more of a show us show us. And part of that is is Kamel Martin was was hurt for a lot of last year. These guys got to stay healthy. I mean, that's that's unfortunately the reality of football is, you know, not not everyone gets equal opportunities. If for no other reason, then they're not healthy enough to get those opportunities. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be a hassle. Why deal with chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. This is a family business that served auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA playoffs, second round, about to get started. Bucks, Nets, let's do this. Get the latest odds and info for all your sporting needs baseball, the NBA, hockey, fights. It's all there at Bet Online, and it's all just a few clicks away. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. You put money in, use that promo code, and they will match that first deposit up to 50% because Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. This is from Club Shed One. He says, how is the wide receiver absence not coordinated? That's BS, isn't it? Give me a break. Do some due diligence and let us know what's really happening, man. Thanks. So I don't I don't know. And I've asked some people and I have I have not gotten good responses. Um, It's certainly not informative responses. And, you know, you know, the, the, the coaches have been asked about it. Matt LaFleur said he had no reason to believe that it was coordinated. Um, The receivers coach said he had not heard that it was coordinated. I don't know what to believe because if it's coordinated, wouldn't you want people to know it's coordinated? And maybe the only people who need to know that it's coordinated is the team and Aaron Rodgers. And it's the receivers way of saying, look, man, we're with you. But when mandatory camp breaks 
next week. All these guys are going to be there. All these guys are going to be there. So it's not that big a deal um, because when Jordan Love is taking first team quarterback reps in mandatory camp and Aaron Rodgers is not there, he's going to have, he might not have Devontae Adams, but he's going to have MVS. He's going to have Alan Lazard. He's going to have EQ. He may not have Devin Funches. We'll see. But those guys, you can't risk uh, losing a year of service. If you hold out, you you risk losing service years, and that affects your pay. So that's something that that these guys just really can't afford at this point. So, look, is it coordinated? I don't know. I'm surprised that if it is, we haven't heard that it is. If you're Devontae Adams and you're not there because of your contract, I understand not saying something. But if you're Devontae Adams and you want a new contract and it's about Aaron Rodgers, I mean, what's stopping you from saying so? I mean, you, you you get to express your discontentment and it's not about your contract. You you look like a good soldier instead of someone who's saying, I want to get paid. And by the way, I do not begrudge Devontae Adams wanting to get paid. He should. He was the best receiver in the league last year. So maybe we'll hear. Maybe all the players will say, nah, you know, I just didn't want to do it. Again, I, I referenced this the other day. You know, there are a lot of players who are sitting out because of the NFLPA. So... It could be one of those things. It could be a solidarity thing, just not a Rogers solidarity thing. We just we don't we don't know at this point, unfortunately. I wish I had a better answer for you, but that's just that's just the reality of where we are right now. So this is a really interesting question from Charlie Maliska. Maliska? Maliska? Sorry, Charlie. Um, he said, not that we want this, but which player that played really well last year do you see potentially regressing this year? And the inverse, who had a down year last year that could bounce back this year, offense and defense? <laughs> um, this has nothing to do with the current situation that the Packers are in, but the answer is Aaron Rodgers, and and it was Aaron Rodgers before all of this too. Um, I, I think the offense can be really good again if Rodgers is back, but the efficiency last year was all time great, and the reality is he's just not going to do it again. Probably he can be he can be awesome. And just not be that great again. I mean, and that's fine. Uh, And if you go back, so 2011, Aaron Rodgers was as good as we have ever seen a quarterback play. And then in 2012, with, you know, more or less the same team, instead of throwing 45 touchdowns and six interceptions, he threw 39 touchdowns and eight interceptions. And he threw for whatever, 400 fewer yards. His yards per attempt fell a, a, almost a yard and a half. He His, his uh, passer rating fell 14 points. And if you just look at, you don't even look at advanced metrics. If you just look at approximate value, the pro football reference um, stat, he went from 23 in 2011 to 16 in 2012. He played awesome. He was awesome in 2012, but he wasn't all time awesome. So is he going to throw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions? No, probably not. Is he going to average 8.2 yards per attempt? Probably not. In fact, if you look at the five previous seasons, he hadn't gone over seven and a half. So, you know, he he's likely going to regress a little. He almost he almost broke his own record for passer rating. Um, he led the league in QBR. So it, it's just it's going to come down a little. And that's OK. 
but it's but it's going to come down a little. Um, I, I think on the other side, defensively, the, the the guy that played poorly and I think is going to play a lot better is Kenny Clark. He's got a lot more help. I just think that makes the most sense. Um, defensively, um, someone who played well but could come down to earth a little bit. Just just like probably by by how good he was maybe Jair Alexander comes back to earth a little bit I think he's awesome he was awesome last year um but maybe he won't be the best corner in the league you know the pro, the pro football focus numbers loved him the next gen stats I just saw he led the league in forcing tight window throws basically he was closer to his receiver than any other corner more consistently than anyone else uh so I you know I I, I hate to say that because I think he can still keep getting better but it's just something to to look out for. And then the flip side of that is I think if Alan Lazard stays healthy, he has a monster year. I think he has a monster season. Um, and and I, I, the other one offensively is, is Big Bob Tunyon. I think he could be better and just not have as good as stats. I mean, is, is he going to lead the league in touchdown catches again? Probably not. Um, but he could still be really good. And they're expecting to use him in a lot of different and interesting and creative ways. So um, it's a really good question. And, and I think something that we have to sort of prepare for, but I don't think defensively anyone played, you know, super far above their head to the point that we go, okay, they're probably, they're probably going to come way back. I just don't think that's, that's going to happen. Um, this is a good question from Nick Davis, um, Nick Davis, 21 on Twitter. Are there any roster decisions you see tied directly to Rogers returning or not returning? I.e., would they move on from anyone if he wasn't there or look to add someone if he comes back? Interesting. I don't think if he if he doesn't show up, if they decide they're moving on from him, you know, there there is some some people who say, okay, we'll just trade Devontae Adams too. I I'm, I don't subscribe to that. Um, but I I guess I understand it on some level. Um, if I was gonna trade someone, I would trade Big Bob Tunyon because I think this is when you're maximizing his value. Um, they can they can sign him to the extension and you can figure it out. But then then again, no one even made a restricted free agent offer. Um, second round pick would not be a ton to give up for for a player like Tunyon, but maybe they think he's all Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, we, we've seen teams overvalue players playing with great quarterbacks, and I think sometimes we see them undervalue. You say, oh, well, that's just that's all Rodgers. Well, no, probably not. And, I, and maybe we did that with Devontae Adams for too long. Like, oh, that's all Rodgers. Well, then we saw him with Brett Hundley and you go, oh, he's special. Uh, th- but I think the other question is interesting because if he does come back, you know, we talked about the Julio Jones deal. Could they make a move that helps entice Rodgers? Hey, Aaron, um, we're going to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. And you're going to come back. Sound good? Sound good. Like, I, I think I think that could that could be in play. It doesn't have to be OBJ. Maybe it's a, hey, we're going to sign this guy to help you this year. We're going to trade for this guy. I think that's in play. I really do. Uh, I know it's not the Green Bay's MO, but this is a, this is an, an extreme situation. So I do think it's something that that they, they could consider in this scenario. So here is a question from Peter Griffith, 96. Um, right now, knowing what little we know, when would you say Jordan Love gets his first NFL start? Okay, so if the Packers are bringing back Aaron Rodgers, and I think they are, I think it's going to be for more than just this year. So it's probably at least the next two years and maybe even the next three. But we went over this last year. 
the odds of any quarterback making it all the way through the season are low. Fewer than half the starters in the league in a given season start all 16 games. So I think it's more likely than not he starts a game in the next year or two, assuming they don't trade him, and I don't think they're going to trade him. So it, it, it's it's going to be this year or next year. And, and, and I think your question is when he becomes the preferred starter – but I, but the answer, the actual answer to your question is, I think it's either this year or next year, just because Rodgers is going to miss a game. And and this year is probably, if I'm going to bet, I would bet on this year because either Love is the guy, and there's probably a 40% chance that that's going to happen and he's the week one starter, or Rodgers is the guy and there's a 60-40 chance he misses a game and Love starts anyway. So I would say this year. All right, this one from Jonathan Hardner. How do you think the snaps are divided up between the Packers' big three on the edge? So we're going to see a lot, and I got a lot of questions about the edge rushers, which is great. Um, I think we're going to see the Packers, Rashawn Gary is going to be, to me at least, the other starter in terms of reps and snaps. He was top 10 in disruptions by next-gen stats, which combines hurries, hits, sacks, all that stuff. Um, He had nine sacks, according to Pro Football Focus. They don't bother with half sacks because half sacks are for cowards. You know, he he was taking over the starting role. Yes, Preston Smith came into camp in better shape and all that stuff, but Rashawn Gary is the future. And so you need to get him on the field. And and he's forcing his way on the field. I mean, he's, he played really well last year. Um, and, and what you want to do is keep Z fresh for the playoffs. He was really not a factor in the playoffs. And I think part of it was he was overworked. They moved him around too much. Yeah, I I think you don't want to overexert him rushing against interior guys, you know, for the first half of the season. You want to save that stuff. So let Rashawn Gary do that. Uh, And and maybe you maybe you want to keep Zedaria Smith a little bit fresher, save him, you know, as a pass rusher for those third down situations where he can go hunt quarterbacks, you know, in terms of snaps. You know, look, the you know, two years ago, Preston and Zedarius both played over 80%. Um, and Rashawn Gary still played, you know, 25, 30%. I, I think it's gonna be, you're still gonna see Z play over 70, but I think this is the year that that Gary goes 60, 65%. Um, I I think this is the year we see the leap from him and he becomes a guy where you just go, okay, everyone knows this guy's good. And and that's something that would really help this defense take a step forward. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I bring them with me when I come and visit family. And guess what? They go nuts for them. And my family loves them. My wife loves them. I love them. We eat them regularly. They're a great snack. They're a great breakfast replacement. However you want to eat them, you can because even though they're covered in chocolate and you have flavors like salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, they are low carb, high fiber, High protein, not full of sugar. I don't know how they do it. It's a miracle, but they are delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. The best tasting protein bar in the world. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar at BuiltBar.com. So this is from Eric Ewer. Ewer, U-H-E-R, who's your best bet for the fourth spot in the edge rusher department? Smith, Smith, Gary, and complete the law firm. I think it's going to be the law firm of Smith, Smith, Gary, and Garvin. Uh, I know that they like Tipa Galea. 
And, and, you know, there's always that undrafted free agent who comes in and, and does some nice things. But I think Spider Garvin uh, probably should have been a much higher pick. Um, the talent is there size, um, you know, not an elite athlete, but someone who I, I think has a lot of upside um, as a pass rusher. And and if they're able to to maximize that, he's someone who I think can come in and, and be a useful player. And frankly, they need to find that guy because edge four in 2021 is probably going to be edge three in 2022 because Preston Smith likely not going to be back. Good question here from Andy Gilbert. Um, was Hackett using coach talk when he said love has improved a lot? Um, I, I don't even know that that Hackett said that he improved a lot. It was Luke Getze, the quarterback's coach, who said that love was light years better. But Hackett did mention that that there had certainly been progress. One of the things that I noticed from all the coaches was this talk about footwork. And that was something coming out of Utah State that that we knew he was going to need to work on because someone who who thrives off platform the way that Jordan Love does, uh, his feet are not always set. And that's fine when he's he's rolling right and trying to fling a ball 30 yards down the field in the middle of the, of the field into coverage. And it's perfect. And you just go, OK, well, uh, you, you don't want to coach that out of a guy. What you don't want to happen is what happened to Brett Favre. It is what happened at times to Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that is you, you do not play with clean footwork when things are clean. And you have to be able to do that to be consistent in the NFL. And so, you know, Matt LaFord talked about tying your reads to your footwork, which means, okay, I'm looking left. I need to know where that receiver is going to be, and I need to have my feet in position to make a throw when I need to for that guy to be open. And if I need to get to number two, where do my feet need to get to so that I am once again in good position, in fundamentally sound position to try and make a throw if everything is clean? If things aren't clean, you just have to make it work. And that's what someone like Rodgers is special at doing. It's what Patrick Mahomes is special at doing. And even to a lesser degree, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, when when things aren't perfect, you have to, to be a good quarterback in the NFL. You have to be able to be effective when things are not perfect around you. And we we think Jordan Love can do that. What you what you have to improve on, and this is something that it took Baker Mayfield two years and and a scheme change and a coaching change to learn is just because your first read isn't there doesn't mean you need to bail the pocket or start running around or whatever it is you have to be able to play on rhythm and and in schedule and and on time and that's what they want to see from jordan love those are things that he just didn't really have to do at utah state uh now he did have to make progression reads i think it's been overstated oh he never had to go one two three sure he did and in fact, there are times when you see it on tape that he did it and looked really good doing it. But it, it is different in the NFL. The technique is different. The fundamentals can be a little bit different from under center than they are from, from shotgun and it's quick, all that stuff. Play action when when you're rolling and setting and now trying to find your guy. Those are those are things that you really have to get reps doing. And and that's what they're they're focused on. What I thought was great was all the coaches seem to say, look, this is what we focused on with him. We think that this is the key to unlocking him, basically. And he's embraced it. He's attacking it and he's doing it. You know, some quarterbacks are going, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I'm just like, this is who I am. Or or they say, oh, I'm going to do all the, I do all the drills. And then when it comes time, when the bullets start flying, 
you can't translate it. And we don't know yet because we haven't seen the bullets fly. And that's the thing with Jordan Love is until he plays a game. And the coaches, I think, are are understanding of this. You know, like these reps are useful for him, but they're not... I don't know how insightful they are in terms of his readiness to play a game until we actually see him play a game. That will be when we, we understand, okay, yeah, he is or is not ready to play. Luckily, um, you know, he, he is going to get these reps that is going to get him closer to being ready whenever it is that he can. All right. We're going to be back next week. Some big interviews to get to Ian Rappaport from NFL Network is coming on the show next week to update us on the latest with Aaron Rodgers. I'm working on some other player interviews uh, and uh, really excited about a couple of those. So we'll get to those coming up here in the next few weeks. It is theoretically slow season, but we are not going to slow down here at Locked On Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.